glad he died with his arms wide open. I'm glad he lived with them wide open. Amen. I appreciate her singing it for me. It don't bless nobody but me. Amen. I feel his presence in the house tonight. Amen. It has been a joy to have Brother Butch, Sister Yvonne, service with us. But not only that, they've been at the house with us for a few days. And uh, they've been worried about imposing, but they haven't. It's just been like having family to be there with us, and I've enjoyed it. And uh, I'll say I'll miss them when they go, uh, when they head back to Texas. And uh, had a great time. It's been a great day. And I've already uh, already made the statement that uh, if I don't get to see you again before Christmas, I pray if you have to get on those highways, you have a safe trip to be with your family. Got family coming in. I pray that God will give them travel mercy as they come to visit you during the holidays. And uh, when you have an opportunity to get your family together before you tear open to the gifts and all that stuff, before you sit down at the meal, pull that Bible out, read that Christmas story, and thank God for the greatest gift you've ever received in your life. Amen. You don't ever know. Uh, who's hurting, who's having a, a bad day, or for somebody that's missing a, a loved one, maybe a widow whose husband's already gone, or maybe a, you know, a, a child who's lost a parent or, or whatever. Just, you, you don't ever know. Just hearing that story of hope and joy and, and peace, everything that God wrought through Christ it, it I don't know it's, it's got a way of lifting people's spirits yeah. so uh, amen don't forget when you gather together why you're gathering together and no doubt you've got people in your family that's not saved just like we do in our extended family and they need to hear it. Oh, yeah, yeah. they need to be reminded that uh, there's a there's a Christian heritage in their family or a godly family member that's praying for them. It's hard for people to live and see them when they know the truth and when they know they got somebody that's praying for them. It's hard to kick against that. That's what the Lord told uh, the Apostle Paul when he was Saul of Tarsus. It's hard for you to kick against the prayer. Right. And you have to fight hard to stay lost. Amen. <laughs> The way of the transgressor ought to be hard. Ought to be hard for him to stay lost. Right. Amen. So uh, I'm praying for you. You have a great, a great Christmas for your family. Go to read tonight out of Matthew chapter two and verse number one. I'm going to read a, a text that probably goes with the Christmas season. This will be the most un-Christmas message you've ever heard in your life. But it's all, it's what God spoke to me in prayer. And if I, I mean, that's all I've ever preached is what God speaks to me. If it don't burn, I can't preach it. And uh, I've tried to preach just to preach seasonal or occasional messages that weren't really what was burning in me through prayer. It just... 
nothing. <laughs> I'd rather just preach the gospel. Amen. 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 I, I do want to say thank you. Uh, you helped uh, pitch in. There was so much food, plenty of it, from the good stuff to the desserts and everything. You guys are awesome. <laughs> that was a great meal, and I appreciate you so much. Matthew chapter number 2, we're going to re begin reading with verse number 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born, king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had uh, privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When the when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasure, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. When they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy or Jeremiah the prophet, saying in Ramah or Ramah, was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children would not be comforted because they are not. I mentioned to you what I feel led to preach tonight. I briefly mentioned it this morning. Title of message is just what God spoke to my heart. Hell takes no holidays. Hell takes no holidays. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And I ask you, Lord, that you'll speak to our heart by your spirit. And God, that you'll comfort our heart through your word. And you'll strengthen our spirit, God, by your spirit. God, there are people, friends, family, and, and God, those that we know and are acquainted with 
that need help during what should be what we call a, a merry season, a happy season, a joyful season, Lord, this season is no doubt tumultuous for somebody, troublesome for somebody. Oh God, it's become a everyday, real life, battlefield experience. I pray tonight you'll strengthen us. God, with the help of your countenance, touch us around this altar. Pour out your, your spirit, your precious Holy Ghost in us and upon us. You said you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. God, we need such power in this hour in which we find ourselves. Grant it, we pray, in Jesus' mighty name. You love the Lord, would you say amen? Amen. 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 Hell takes no holidays. You know, in Matthew chapter 2, it would be what we could call the first, the very first ever Christmas season. Jesus had been born. We know, we understand <coughs> through our text that Herod inquired of the wise men, hey, tell me what time it was you seen that star headed his way in your journey and in your pursuit for the Christ. And apparently from whatever time they told him they seen the star and began their journey, his estimation was that Christ could be anywhere from two years old or younger. And he said, hey, let me know when you find him. I want to worship him myself. Mm -hmm. Liar. Yeah. Right. Come on. That's what he was. Liar. <clears throat> and he wanted to kill him. That's what he wanted to do. I, I read where Herod, the Tetrarch, he killed his own sons. Yeah. He slew his own sons. Why? Because he felt that they would be a threat to take his office. This is how demon-possessed this man was. Yeah. He wanted to know where this young child was so that he could kill him and not worship him. And I can tell you the devil hasn't changed one bit. Yeah. He has no desire in worshiping God. Jesus is not uh, popular to him. Christianity is not anything that he's just enamored with, enlightened by, or in love with. No, sir. He's got one thing in mind for Christ and the church, and that's death and destruction. Yeah. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and he don't care what season it is. Right. Right. He don't care if everybody is supposed to be having a Holly jolly Christmas. He, does, he doesn't care if we're supposed to be happy and, and merry and filled with peace and joy and, and all of that stuff. He is looking to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Hell takes no holidays. It's in this first Christmas season that Herod had every child in the Bethlehem region and in all the coasts thereof Every child from two years and under was slaughtered, butchered by the government. Sounds familiar, don't it? Because the devil hasn't changed one bit. Somewhere in this Christmas season is a young lady who has 
you know, found out that she's with child and the dad don't want her or the baby and she's contemplating taking that baby's life through abortion. Somebody is willing to help. The government is even willing to pay for to have it done. Hell takes no holidays. Listen to Acts chapter 12 and verse one. It says, now about that time, Herod, the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. He's still, he's still, it's a different Herod. Herod was a title given to the governor. It calls him the king, but it was the title given to the one that Rome would put in charge of the Jews. It's a different man, same title, same devil. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. There's one of the disciples that he murders, that he had killed. The first Herod was slaughtering babies. This Herod is slaughtering disciples, apostles. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing unto God for him. Said he put him in prison when he found him and kept him there to, after Easter and then he was going to kill him. You notice hell takes no holidays. Now their terminology for Easter is different than ours. Easter for us is Jesus rose from the grave. Easter for them was the Passover. It was them celebrating the Jews partaking of the Passover lamb celebrating when God brought them out of Egypt and delivered him with his strong hand. But for every Jew, it was indeed a God-inspired holiday. A God-inspired holiday. You know what Christmas is for us? It is a God-inspired holiday. Now, Christmas was taken from Christ and Mass. The Catholics hijacked a God-inspired holiday. <laughs> I know you already knew that. Catholic Church hijacked it. That's why it's called Christmas, Christ Mass. I'm not a Catholic, and I've never been to one Mass, and if I live 100 more years, I'll never be in one Mass. I've been to a lot of Holy Ghost altars. Hello. They, they brought a lot of paganism into every holiday. I know you already know that. But I'm just telling you, the birth of Christ was and is a God-inspired yeah. holiday. Amen. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a God-inspired right. holiday. Christ was born and Christ went to Calvary and Christ rose from the dead. Oh, right. 
And it ought to be celebrated, not just on a day, but every day. But the fact we do recognize it and set a day aside for it where our nation should recognize it, where our Family should remember it is a God-inspired <laughs> holiday, but hell takes no holidays. The word holiday is actually a derivative of the word holy day. That's where it came from. And these days, to the Jews, you can understand that Easter to them, the Passover, was one of the most revered holy days on their calendar. It was in the month of Nisan or Nisan, however you pronounce it. It was the first month. Brother Benny preached about that Sunday morning, how that God changed their calendar. And he said, this shall be the beginning of months for you. And it was, the, it was when he brought them out and said, this month right here shall be the beginning of months. You've been born again. This is a new life, a new beginning. You're living in a brand new world. You've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And it was, it was a holiday of all holidays. But more than just a festive event, it was a holy day. I want to tell you, even in the midst of holy days, hell was working overtime to ruin, to destroy, and to kill, and to conquer individuals. He doesn't take holidays. The word holiday for us, it's a derivative of holy day, but Webster's Dictionary says, it is a day on which one is exempt from work. Somebody say amen. Amen. A day on which one is exempt from work. Who wants to work on a holiday? Not many people. For us in layman's term, it means time off. A day off work, a day to rest and take it easy, a day of enjoyment with no worries. That's what a holiday sounds like in the fantasy realm. In reality, it can be far from that. We turn our holidays into busy days. Yeah. Woo! Man, it just becomes work, don't it? Family's coming in, I gotta clean, I gotta get everything straightened up. We gotta cook for two or three days. Uh, we're gonna be entertaining people. We gotta go out and we gotta shop and we gotta... Get everybody a gift, and when holiday is over, whoo, we're wore out. That's right. We're almost ready to go back to work because we're so holidayed up. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I researched crime rates on holidays, talking about hell takes no holidays. And to be honest, it was a very quick and a very boring study. Brother Daniel probably would have been a good one to talk to. It's a very quick and boring study. A holiday was just a, another day in crime fighting as far as crime goes. It doesn't surge much and it doesn't decrease either on average. Criminals don't take 
a day off. Addiction doesn't take a day off. Pain and sickness didn't get the memo that they were supposed to leave during the holidays. And the devil just doesn't know when to quit. Somewhere a wife left her husband today. Somewhere an addict overdosed today. Somewhere someone is in the lowest valley of their life. Somewhere someone is sick and die and can't get well. Hell takes no holidays. Listen to God's admonition to us during this holiday season. 1 Timothy 3 and 2, a bishop. The word bishop there is literally translated what we would call presbyter or in layman's term, a pastor. A bishop, a presbyter, a pastor, then must be blameless. The husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. The word I wanted to stand out, or two words I wanted to stand out to you, was vigilant and sober. That's what a pastor has to be. Amen. 1 Peter 5 and 8, he's not talking to pastors anymore. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Hell hath no holidays. I know the preacher needs to be vigilant and he needs to be sober, but Peter said, so do you. Be sober, be vigilant. Sobriety means to be alert, to be on guard, to be awake. Vigilance means to watch. Metaphorically, to give strict attention to. To be very cautious. To be active. To be actively alert, on guard, extremely Cautious. When I'm in the woods in summertime, I am vigilant where I take my next step. Why? Because if you're not in South Alabama, in the heat, walking through the woods, the timber, and the briar, if you're not vigilant, you are going to get snake bit. Right, that's it. Period. Me and Brother Glenn was walking through the woods. It was warm and hot. We've been on some adventures together, I'm telling you. We was walking through the woods. It's just a little four-wheeler trail, and it's just open woods everywhere. And we walking down that trail, and every now and again, I would hit a, my boot and get caught in a vine that's down in the leaves. And I'd catch that thing, and that vine would raise up through the leaves, just like that through the leaves and went. He thought it was a snake. Every time he thought it was a snake. <laughs> I hear three or four of them snags. He said, my goodness. He said, I'm tired of this. He said, I want to walk in front. I'm tired of you catching them snags and making me have a heart attack. I said, 
Well, come on. Walk in front. We walk, we hadn't walked no ways. We come across a, a log that's just below knee high, and he gets a leg up like that, and I almost, I'm so close, I almost bump into him now. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, what is it? He said, back up, back up, snake, snake. He pulls his leg back down, and I look over that log, and there's about a five-foot timber rattler. He just stretched out there right in the middle of the trail and nothing raised up but his head. He's not rattling. He's not moving. And I come up with a bright idea. I found a little pine tree about that big around and it falling down. I said, he said, what are you going to do? I said, we need to kill this thing, man. I jabbed it right in the head and just mashed his head down the ground, his whole body. Flying up and that tail. I said, you got a knife? He pulled out that Swiss army knife with a blade about that long on it. He said, this is the only knife I got. I said, hurry, cut his head off. He said, I ain't getting around. I ain't getting around that thing with this little pocket knife. I said, hurry. Glenn got down there and cut his head off with that Swiss army knife. Oh, man. But we thought we were vigilant until we had an encounter with that snake. But I can guarantee you everywhere our feet stepped from then on out the rest of the day, we were vigilant. We were extremely cautious. Strictly attentive. And do you know that's what Peter said? As believers, if you've ever had a spiritual encounter with the devil and come out still with victory, still saved, still full of the Holy Ghost, still living on victory side, then it ought to instill in you a vigilance. Hell takes no holiday. What should be a merry season, a holly jolly Christmas, I'm telling you, if you let your guard down, hell will be your ruin. That's it. That's it. It's just the way it is. Hell was active when Jesus was born. Yes. Slaughtering children from two years of age and under. Herod was actively lying in pursuit of to seek and to kill the Christ. Hell was active at his water baptism and his Holy Ghost baptism, which were subsequent one to another, and the Spirit led him into the wilderness to there be tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. Hell wasn't worried about what a festival been it was. Hey, it's Christ's water baptism. That's awesome. What a highlight of his earthly life and ministry. It's his Holy Ghost baptism as the man, Christ Jesus, the Holy Ghost has come down upon him. He's interested in one thing, bow down and worship me. I'll give you all of this world's goods because it's in my power to do such. 
You know what he was saying? Dial down and worship me. I'll make worldly people think you're cool. I mean, rock and roll singers will follow you if you'll worship me. <laughs> Hollywood producers will go by your name if you'll just follow me. You'll be the most popular dude in the whole world. It's in my power to influence people to do those kind of things. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. It is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord God and him only shalt thou serve. Hell was active at Calvary. Jesus is hanging there, dying with his arms wide open, and the Pharisees are saying, if you'll come down off of that cross, we will now be your disciples. Don't you think for a minute they would have ever been his disciples. He walked on water and they wouldn't be his disciples. He raised the dead and they wouldn't be his disciples. He cleansed the leper and they wouldn't be his disciples. He cast out devils and they called him a devil. <laughs> I mean, what else could it? He, gave, he restored a man who was born blind. He not restored, but gave him vision. He's born blind. And one said, never has it ever been recorded or heard of anywhere that any man that was born blind ever had his sight given to him. But this Jesus Hallelujah. has touched this man Amen. and given him his sight. They wouldn't believe on him then. Don't you think for one second that if he would have came down off of that cross, uh, that they would have served him, believed on him, or been his disciples. Uh, I want to tell you, in this season in which we live, uh, you can come down off of your cross. Uh, you can leave the cross of Christ, uh, and you can walk in a life of ease. Uh, no care. No surrender, no sacrifice, no consecration to God. Just come down off of that cross, off of that cross. It was all paid for with his cross. You don't have a cross. Leave that cross behind. Come down off of that cross. Oh, you can if you want to, but you'll forfeit everything that God said he wants to do in your life. He said, without a cross, you can't be the disciple. Without a cross, you can't make it into the city. Amen. So hell was active at Calvary, trying to get him to come down. Hell was active at Easter on the resurrection Sunday morning. I'm, I'm trying to drive Home, the point that hell takes no holidays. Right. It doesn't matter what day, what event, what special occasion. It doesn't matter to him. Right. He was active at the resurrection tomb on Easter Sunday. Guards were there actively trying to prevent the resurrection of his body. Hell was active right after Pentecost, when Peter said to Ananias and Sapphira, yeah. 
Why have you allowed Satan to put it in your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? You see, you would have thought, well, Christ defeated Satan at Calvary. Surely Satan was defeated when Christ rose from the grave. Surely the devil knew he was licked when, when, when God the Father, through, through God the Son, poured out God the Holy Ghost on the church. He was with them, but he's now in them. Surely hell knows when he's licked, and there he is, putting it in the heart of men and women who make up the church to lie to the Holy Ghost. He's still actively participating in war against the church. Even in this Christmas season. Hard to talk about. One of my best friends in the whole world tonight lies in a deep state of depression. Doesn't want to leave the house because his wife has left him. That's the reality of it. No church on Sunday night. Utter defeat. Utter misery, sorrow that has wallowed into a deep and a dark depression. Hey, I, I know, I, I can understand. I, I can relate. I can understand there's no judgment on my end. I'm just telling you, hell don't care if you're a pastor. He don't care if it's Christmas. Christmas only compounds it. While everybody else is happy, I'm miserable. While everybody else is with their family, I'm by myself. It's more miserable. It compounds the misery. And my heart goes out to him. And part of why I'm preaching what I'm preaching is because my mind is constantly upon him. So one of my best friends in the world is there in this Christmas season and another dear friend is trying to keep the same exact thing from happening to him and his family. Mm. Hell doesn't care right. what his position is. Yeah. Hell doesn't care what his status among the church ranks are. It doesn't matter if you're the overseer it doesn't matter if you're the deacon on the board or just the member sitting on the pew. It doesn't matter if you're in a rich house or a poor house. Hell takes no holidays. He will actively and consistently pursue you to destroy you. You have to be sober. You have to be vigilant. Meaning it doesn't matter about the holly jolly. It doesn't matter about the poinsettias. It doesn't matter about the lights or the trees or the gifts. What matters is you wake up tomorrow morning, make you an altar, call on the name of the Lord, keep your Bible open, keep your line of communication, your heart and your mind on the Lord and make him persistently the love of your life. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Very 
I don't care if I don't have a Christmas tree. I know I've been through Christmas seasons without a job and without a dollar in my pocket and have explained to our children this year you won't get any gifts. But I want to remind you it's never about the gifts. We're saved. We're born again. We belong to God. Jesus is our Lord. There's a million sinners that are going to celebrate Christmas or Christ that they don't know anything about. Christmas to them is an elf on the shelf. He's a bearded man in a red suit. His turkey at the dinner table. Be sober, be vigilant, be on your guard, lest you find yourself under. Under his foot. His foot on your neck. Him trying to choke the life out of you. Vigilance is required. 24-7. Every day. Of the year. 2 Timothy 2 and 3. Thou therefore endure hardness. As a good soldier. Of Jesus Christ. So if vigilance and sobriety is required of the preacher and of the Christian, he said the next thing that's required because hell hath no holidays is endurance. Amen. He that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Brother Homer said, if you breathe, then you got some troubles. Yeah. If you live in your life trying to dodge trouble, then good luck to you. Yeah. It's going to be a miserable life. Right. You better run to Jesus because Job said, a man that's born of a woman only got a few days on the earth, and those days are full of trouble. Right. The Lord is my hiding place. Amen. He's my shield. He's yeah. my high tower. He's my defense. He's my buckler. He's my safe place. Where do you go? I run to Jesus. Somebody said, well, man, you're just a weakling. When I'm weak, when I'm weak enough to know that I'm no match for the devil without the Lord, it's Christ that makes me strong. In him. I'm undefeated. In him, I can't be defeated. In him, I have power to pull down strongholds. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Who baptizes you in the Holy Ghost? Jesus. I'm not seeking a thrill. I'm not seeking a feeling, emotion. I'm not, uh, I'm not seeking uh, the latest celebrity. I'm not even seeking an experience of speaking in tongues. I'm seeking Christ, and in him, he'll baptize me in his power. Endurance is required. He said endure hardness. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know what endure means. Weeping. May endure the night. But joy. Comes in the morning. You know what enduring is. 
Weeping will outlast the night, outlive the night. But joy is going to come in the morning. Nobody likes to be the weeper. Nobody likes to be the one enduring the night. But what the child of God is saying, I'm go having done all to stand, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand because if I'll stand right here, if I'll abide, Brother Eddie, in Jesus Christ and not be moved, just as sure as my heart is broken, just as sure as my feelings are hurt, just as sure as offenses have come my way, just as sure as I'm in the bottom of the pit at the lowest point of the valley, just as sure as I feel defeated, uh, if I abide in Christ, if I stay in Him, if I stand and remain in His Word and in His promise, uh, joy will come in the morning. Weeping says to the darkness, I know it's hard. I know it don't feel good. But I know that I know the sun is about to peek over the horizon. My night will come to an end. My broken heart will be mended. He'll turn my morning into dancing. It ain't always going to be like it is now. The devil ain't always going to seem to have the upper hand. The Bible said he's going to put him under our feet real soon. The kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our God just as much as Pelosi and Schumer and Biden and Harris and, man, Schiff and Nadler. Do I need to go on? All them Democrats, by the way, I could name a few Republicans that I call their name too. Amen. That I think are right in the same boat with them. Their office is going to be given over to the office of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And my Lord is going to say to them, you're fine. I've come to judge in righteousness. It's going to be holiness under the Lord from sea to shining sea. Buddhism is out. Islam is out. Jehovah Witness is out. Mormonism is out. Christianity will rule the day. Hallelujah to God. Holiness is going to be as popular as worldliness is right now. Hallelujah to God. But you've got to endure unto the end. The Bible said if you faint in a day of battle, your strength is weak. Or, or, or you're weak. The word endurance, he said endure hardness. You know what endurance means. But hardness means to suffer, endure hardships, troubles, afflictions. What that says to me, there's a lot of things in life that I can tell you were hard. You got to endure them. I got told one time by a couple that we helped. I bought them groceries. I paid their rent. I bought their kids Christmas presents. We even gave them a car when they didn't have a vehicle. 
after they got all they could get. They were out into the world, quit coming to church, dodging me, running from me, don't want to accept my phone calls. I got to go to the house, knock on the door. They look with that droopy, sad, sorrowful look. Hey, Brother Eddie, we, you know, sorry we haven't returned your calls. We just hated. We Look, we're just not going to come back to church. Our life is just so hard, man. The devil's just jumped on us. We never had this much trouble in our whole life. Our life seems to be easier when we're not going to church. It just seems like the devil's fighting us tooth and nail when we're trying to live for God. I said the reason he's not fighting you anymore is because you're on his team. You realize that to be on his team, to be on his side, who's on the Lord's side, come over here. Over here, that's a war. That's a fight. That's a battle. That's enduring hardness every day of your life if that's what it takes. But to not be on the Lord's side, you're on his side. Do you know hell? is the end of that road. There's a way that seems right, that seems easy unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way. Straight means to be compressed, to be boxed in. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way. It's like a cattle a cow being herded into a narrow stall so that he can be branded or loaded on a truck. He's being corralled. He's being squeezed. He's being herded and put in a press. Uh, I want to tell you, Jesus uh, is leading us. He's not driving us. Uh, he's not behind us with a bullwhip. Jesus has already walked this way, tempted in every point, like as we are yet without sin. He's not driven anybody to heaven. He's leading men and women to heaven. This is the way. Walk you in it. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. If you want to make it in the city, it took him to Calvary. It took his sweat becoming great drops of blood. It took him to the whipping post. It took him to the wilderness uh, to, to be tempted of the devil and to overcome. It took him to be despised uh, and rejected among men. His life was not a cakewalk. It was not a bed of roses. Uh, hell took no holiday. But I'm telling you, Christ overcame. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. To suffer hardships, troubles, if you're going to be out at the first sign of trouble, you're going to be out. Because you can't escape trouble. Can't do it. Not even in a good church. In a good church, somebody's going to hurt your feelings. Woo! I'm walking through Matthew. I started... Chapter 14, that's Jesus walking on the water. Chapter 15, that's Jesus feeding them 4,000 on what'll happen when you get hungry. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. I got one coming out of Matthew 16 to where Jesus 
is rebuking them Pharisees. I mean rebuking. <laughs> and then Jesus walks over and says, who do you boys say that I am? Or who do you say that I the son of man am? Or who do men say that I the son? Well, some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist come back from the dead or one of the other prophets. And he says to Peter, who do you say? That I am, I say that thou art the Christ, right. the Son of the living God. Amen. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Whoa, what a blessed, blessed, wonderful little, little word of confirmation and, and blessing the Lord speaks over Peter. And then it's as if Peter says, yeah, I'm hearing from the Father. I got this thing. I got revelation. And he said, the son of man is going to suffer at the hands of sinful men. I'm going to be crucified. And in three days, I'll rise again. And Peter says, wait a minute. I've got revelation. This is not going to happen. No way, Jose. We won't allow it. Nobody's going to put a hand on you. And lo and behold, maybe five verses after blessing him, the Lord rebukes him. Get thee behind me, Satan. For you savorest not the things of God, but of men. I am Peter. Upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not... You just... If you can't take rebuke, you won't be in a church very long. Yeah, that's right. Come on. Wow, hallelujah. That's good preaching, brother Eddie. Yeah. Hallelujah, it is. I don't know how many times God Almighty, through a man of God, has raked my soul right over the hot coals of an altar. Yeah. As recently as when I put God on a time frame. And said, Lord, i got a month to get the feeling better and I'm going to have to get that surgery. And a preacher said to me, hey, if you're going to put God in your time frame in your little box and tell him you got to do it this way and at this time limit, he said, just leave him out of the equation. Schedule the surgery. It ain't a sin to go to the doctor. It's not a sin to have a surgery. Just put God out and go to the doctor. Because he's not going to do it in your time and he probably won't do it your way. I got mad. You know what I said? Well, I said to myself, well, he ain't the one hurting, Brother Bob. He is just laying in a bed of ease and joy and delight. I'm the one that can't sit, stand, sleep, I am in constant pain and misery and sorrow and he don't know what I'm going through. Easy for him to say. And the Holy Ghost said to me, I sent you a word of rebuke and you'll do it or you won't be healed. If God can't rebuke you, then he can't bless you. The Bible said a son 
that can't be chastised is not a son. Endure hardness, hardships, troubles, difficulties. Hell hath no holidays. You're gonna, you might wake up tomorrow and your wonderful holiday season be wrecked by the enemy and the adversary of your, I pray that ain't the case. I pray you have the best the best holiday season, weekend, whatever, week. I mean it. I want, I want you to spend wonderful time with your family. I want it to be joy-filled. I want it to be a joyful experience for you. It'll break my heart if it's anything but. But I'm telling you, you may wake up to all hell fighting against you tomorrow. That's all right. I'm not going to be moved. The Apostle Paul said, none of these things move me. Stone me, leave me in the, in the water shipwrecked. Let me be in peril of brethren, in peril of my countrymen. Let me be hungry, cold, naked, destitute. Don't matter to me. None of these things move me. I'm in it to win it. it. I'll be here to Jesus come. By the grace of God. Yes. Meaning if I'll stay, if I'll abide, he'll give me grace. He'll give me mercy. If I'm sick, he'll heal me. If my kids are lost, he'll save them. If I'm born again and need the baptism, he's going to fill me. Just as sure as I'm standing here, the Holy Ghost baptism is our promise. If I'm, if I'm constant, abiding, and faithful, amen, God called me, he's going to anoint me. That's right. But your little old church don't have many people in it. You're not making such of an impact in the world. Listen, when God gave me vision, it's vision. And people and represent souls. And it represents reach. And it represents effectiveness. And it represents impact. And when don't nobody come. And when don't nobody stay. And when don't nobody want to hear. You feel like a failure. But I'll let him determine. Whether I succeeded or failed. I'll have to wait. Till I get home. To hear him say. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Whether he called me to pastor 50. 500 or 5,000, I'll leave that to him. I have to abide. I have to remain faithful. I have to be obedient. Because hell takes no holidays. Curse if you help me, I'm finished. I told you it wouldn't be a Christmassy message. I want you to remember while we were watching Frosty the Snowman <laughs> and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in all of hell all, every demon power in hell of 
fighting two of my best friends on this planet, trying to utterly ruin and destroy their lives. And you're talking to a man who's been in the crosshairs. There's one thing I can relate to is feeling like a failure. There's one thing I can relate to is feeling utterly defeated. Nothing that, no compromise, no known sin in my life. Is that saying you claiming to be perfect? Absolutely not. During those seasons, there was so much soul searching. There was so much repentance. There were so many, God, I could have done better. I should have done better. I should have done more. There were so many things that I said to God, but I was careful as not to sound like somebody that was trying to say, let's make a deal. If you'll do this and I'll do this, I said, no, God. I know you make no such deals. I can't control, I can't go back in time and reverse the hands and be more consecrated, more dedicated, more sold out, more on fire. And if you don't fix this, it was no, no fault to yours. The fault and the blame lies with us. But if you don't, if I never see results, what I'm asking you to do, then I'll serve you anyway. That's what God needs to know. Serve you anyway. Nevertheless, my every prayer has been for my brothers that are fighting all of hell. All God's been repeatedly saying to me is pray, son. Stay on guard. Be vigilant. Be sober. Be strictly adhere to every word of caution that I've given you. This was God's words, he said, because hell has no holidays. He's relentless in his pursuit and in his attack of God's people. We must be relentless in our pursuit of God. His grace, his power, his anointing. Lord, on this Sunday night before Christmas, I want it to be said, God, that I acknowledged I can't live without you. And I made myself an altar and lifted both hands toward heaven. And I said, God, fill me with your power. Use me and anoint me in this holiday season to, to be sober and to be vigilant and also to endure hardness and also to be faithful and to be obedient and to do that that's pleasing in your sight. Would that be your prayer? Could you meet me in this altar tonight? Amen.